You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 12. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapists Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. In this episode, I'm chatting with Oksana Kavaliova Musi. Oksana is the only music therapist in the kingdom of Bahrain, and one of the few in the Arabian Gulf region. She holds a Master of Music and Music Therapy degree from Colorado State University, honors Bachelor of Music Therapy from the University of Windsor in Ontario, Canada, and previously completed Bachelors of Arts and Music Education from her home country, Belarus, in Eastern Europe. Oksana is a neurologic music therapist and accredited music therapist in Canada. She is an active music therapy advocate and holds such positions as co-chair of the online conference for music therapy and the Eastern Mediterranean Regional Liaison for the World Federation of Music Therapy. Oksana has a private practice in Bahrain, working with children with various special needs. Welcome to the podcast, Oksana. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. So let's jump right in with a little bit of background about your career and how you became a music therapist. Well, it was uh, actually a long way comparatively uh, because uh, where I'm coming from, I'm born in Belarus and I lived there for first 24 years of my life until I got married and moved to Bahrain. And uh, in Belarus or in Bahrain, there are no music therapy. There were at least no music therapists. I didn't know about music therapy at all. I had my bachelor uh, in uh, music education. Well, it was not really music education. It was the so-called elite of the music colleges, at least in my country. It was music theory and history. And uh, after that, I got straight into the university. uh, it was Bachelor of Arts uh, in Cultural Studies. So it was still music-related, more uh, into the art and into the, uh, you know, learning about different cultures and um, comparative analysis and everything. And uh, I did not uh, hear about music therapy until approximately 2002, I think, when um, a family member of my husband told me that uh, there is this thing, music therapy. And I started searching on internet. And at that time, I already started my process uh, for the immigration to Canada because my husband is a Canadian. So he was helping me with that. And uh, well, I remember sending emails to a couple of programs in Canada. And uh, the only email I got from them was from Dr. Sandy Curtis, who at that time was working in the University of Windsor in Ontario. So, and uh, that's how it started. I started uh, getting into a shape, you know, because to apply for university, you have to send, at that time it was a tape, no CD. And uh, it was, what, 2003, summer of 2003. My brother was in Belarus. I went uh, to visit them, and he was helping me recording all those piano pieces. And, uh, yeah, I got into the program. I got accepted. And if 
my memory doesn't escape me, uh, I got an acceptance letter, acceptance letter from the University of Windsor on the same day that I got my immigration papers. So oh, it was, wow. was a big That's party. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was fate. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I used to say also. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that's how it started. I went to Canada in July 2004, and I started the program in September 2004. And um, finished my uh, bachelor's in three years. Uh, well, normally it is four years, but I had some uh, um, classes uh, transferred, not really transfer credit, because there is no such thing as credit transfer between Belarus and other part of the world, uh, like in Canada or the States, but uh, I got, uh, you know, those tests that you have to do for the skills uh, so that I didn't need to go over and over it again. So it helped me. And I also I, I was taking more credits, uh, you know, with special permission just to finish it in three years instead of four and to get my internship. So in April 2008, I got done everything and I graduated in June 2008. And my husband, meanwhile, uh, well, he came with me to Canada just to help me. And he stayed actually longer than we wanted because uh, he had some problems with uh, uh, a job. Not really problems, but he was waiting and it was, you know, a long wait. And he came back uh, into the region, he came back to Kuwait in the end of 2005. So basically, between 2006 and 2008, these two years, it was, uh, you know, I always tell people Skype saved our marriage. Because <laughs> oh, wow. we were Skyping each day in the evening or in the morning, uh, you know, with the time zones. Uh, and uh, I tried to stay with him all summer and, uh, you know, we were traveling together and everything. So basically, uh, during those school months, I was in school and, you know, coming only for the holidays. And uh, yes, and when I came to Bahrain, it took me about three months. I applied for, uh, not really applied, I emailed the uh, headmaster of uh, the school that was opening at that time, uh, school for special needs, and uh, I got lucky. He knew what music therapy was, and uh, he got me into an interview and basically offered me a job within to start within three days. That's amazing! Oh my goodness! It was. I have to say that it wasn't, and it still isn't a full time job. It's not even a part time considering, uh, you know, the part-time, what we understand in uh, Canada or the States. Uh, I started with like four or five hours a week, and now I'm up to 10 hours a week, which is still better than nothing. And uh, right now I have four or five, five uh, private students. So it's not full-time, but it's okay. Well, and especially <laughs> you know? coming to a country where there are no other working music therapists and for somebody to recognize right off the bat what a valuable service it is and for you to to work yourself into a position that quickly I think is is really impressive. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so and uh, that's how it is. Since 2008 I am the only uh, accredited music therapist in uh, Bahrain and uh, 
in the Gulf, in Persian Gulf, we are uh, one, two, three, four, or even three now, I oh, think, down to three. Yes, one in Dubai, one in Qatar, and myself. <laughs> well, I know that we're um, living in the States, and I've always been somewhat isolated as far as music therapists go, so I can't even imagine how isolated you must feel sometimes being the only practicing music therapist in your entire country. Um, do you do you feel like that's um, a challenge at times? Yes, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when I'm a part, of course, who is not a part of Music Therapist Unite? Yeah, right. <laughs> On the Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when people start saying supervision, supervision, and, okay, now there are some people who are doing supervision on Skype, like Nat Jack from Australia, some other people. And uh, the professors from my, one of the favorite people in this world, Blythe Lagasse, who was my professor at the Colorado State University, she also is helpful. You know, she told me whenever you need, just uh, give me an a call or email me. Uh, but when people are talking about supervision, peer supervision, I'm sitting here and thinking, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, wow. That must be such, such a challenge. So what, at what point did you decide to pursue your master's degree in Colorado after getting your, your position in, in Bahrain? Well, I got it. Uh, into the distance program, which is amazing because you are still a student and uh, you have to go for the NMT training and uh, you have to go only once to the advanced practice class. Otherwise, everything is online. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and it's, it's really amazing for, uh, you know, for working moms, for working people. And uh, I think I was the only long-distance student. I don't know about uh, now, but at least because uh, I graduated almost a year ago. But uh, for the nearly two years that I spent in that program, I was the only person from, uh, well, we had only one lady from Europe, but she's American. Okay. <laughs> so she's half. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, when I decided, uh, you know, I love studying. And at certain point, after uh, I got my daughter, it was a year into it, uh, I started feeling like I'm stagnating. You know, I, I feel like bachelor's degree is not enough. I know many people will start shouting, listening <laughs> to this now. But I think when you are working full time into the, uh, in the established uh, setting, it's one thing. But in my case, you know, totally isolated from the rest of the world. And I was feeling like I needed more knowledge. I needed, uh, I needed a lot of knowledge additional. So, and, uh, um, I don't know, I just got an email from uh, the Colorado State University in, uh, I think it was the end of 2011, yes. So my daughter was one year and a half. And I told my husband, you know, this this is the maybe a possibility. And he said, okay, dig into it, ask the questions, email them. And they told me that really you have to come only twice. And uh, I considered it. 
as my way into this, uh, you know, higher education, higher meaning master's degree education. And uh, I applied, got into it, and it's, it was really amazing experience. It sounds like it. Did you have any special challenges being so far away and especially not having pursued education in the U.S. before? Was that another um, sort of obstacle for you? Not really, because my master, uh, my bachelor's was uh, from Canada, right? And uh, you know the standards of education of music therapy education is uh, practically the same. Not not really the same, but it's very very similar. Okay. And uh, you know Canadians can now uh, get this cre- uh, credentials by passing your test. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't really challenging. The only thing, as I said, it was uh, uh, sometimes internet connection, which was not great, but that's the issue we are having here in this region. Otherwise, maybe um, the fact that some of uh, the students can perhaps go to the Colorado State University and meet uh, professors more often if they want to. Well, in my case, it will be like a a day and a half of trip. Yeah, otherwise... uh, it was it was great and it was okay. My my husband was totally supportive and I'm always thanking him for that. And uh, my daughter, even though she was little, she was only two years and three months when I started the program. It was challenging. Yeah, because at that point she still needs a lot of your attention, and so I'm sure that was probably really hard for you to have to kind of divide your time between your studies and working and raising your daughter? Yes. Uh, well, um, we are lucky here um, because the norm for many people, many expatriates and for the locals also, is to have a domestic helper, like they call it here. Oh, nice. Uh, so we have a live-in uh, housemate. I don't call her housemate. I always call her nanny because she is a nanny. First of all, she's helping with cleaning and everything. But uh, she really saved me many times when I needed to just go and watch my lectures, to do the assignments because it's the program. Basically, you do everything that you would be doing, being alive, you know, present right, in class, right. student. So I I was struggling, but uh, I had help of uh, my nanny and help of my husband <laughs> to cover me. Yeah, I'm sure it would be impossible to do it without that support. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit. And when you found out that you were pregnant with your daughter, you were already working in your position at the school. Is that right? Yes, yes. And okay. it was a planned, planned pregnancy because uh, we, <clears throat> we were married with my husband for actually exactly eight years oh, when okay. I became, before I became pregnant. Uh-huh. And uh, we did not, of course, we did not want, want to start a family while I was in the process of uh, immigration and sure, uh, studying yeah. there because it wouldn't be possible, you can imagine. But uh, when I came back here... Uh, in 2009, we started talking and we decided to go for it and uh, we were lucky. It was fast. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. So did you feel like it was 
a good time as far as your schedule was concerned and the amount of hours that you were working at that point that you could kind of balance everything? Oh, yes. It was actually a perfect time because in September and October of 2009, I don't know about the States, but here we had old school being closed because of that, um, I don't remember what it was, swine flu or bird flu or whatever oh, flu. Oh, yes. Uh-huh, the swine flu. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was closed and I didn't start working until November. So it was, uh, I was at that point four months pregnant. Okay. So I passed that first trimester of, uh, you know, nausea, being sick mm. and everything. Yeah. It was helpful. I'm and, sure. Uh, That's nice. Yeah. And at that point, I didn't have any private students, even though I advertised myself um, many times. And I uh, developed my website while being pregnant, you know, while waiting for the schools to reopen. Uh, so it's, it was actually working very nicely because I worked, I don't remember how many hours per week in, uh, in my school. And I had a couple of hours of, uh, <clears throat> early music classes, um, for normally developing children in, uh, another preschool. So it was easy going for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the point that your daughter was born, did you take a maternity leave and what was that like? She was born in the beginning of May, <clears throat> and uh, of course, uh, May, June, those are the last two months of school, and uh, I didn't want to come back immediately. I didn't have to, because the thing is that I'm working on an hourly basis, and uh, I don't have to take maternity leave. When I'm not there, I'm not paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's very flexible in my case, and... Uh, I, you know, I'm lucky to not, uh, to not work for money only. You know, I'm working for my pleasure. I'm working because I love what I do. And, uh, you know, my husband, obviously, he is doing the, the biggest chunk of our, he's bringing the biggest chunk of our income. So I didn't need to think about this uh, part of, uh, you know, financial part of it. And uh, I wanted, I was thinking that I will be going back to work in September. My daughter would have been four months at that time. But she, you know, for the first three months of her life, I barely remember anything because she did not sleep. She cried a lot. She had this colleagues. And, uh, you know, uh, the nanny that we are having now, she came only... Uh, after Elena turned two months. So for the first two months, I was basically alone here. We had a helper, but she was not very trustful. Mm. I, wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't ever leave my child with her. So <clears throat> it was uh, me. My husband would be uh, helping me, but he was traveling a lot. So it was tough, I would say. Uh, and at four months, I went to my school, And even though I didn't have many hours at that time, uh, I felt that it was not right. She was exclusively breastfed until she was six months old, and she loved eating. Mm -hmm. And she did Mm -hmm. not take any uh, bottles. Oh, no. So she needed her mom beside her all the time. 
And I talked to my boss. He said, okay, wait until she's six months. You know, it's, it's up to you whenever you come. Because in my case, it's good. They don't have any other music therapists. Right. Yeah, that was a, a perk. Yes, exactly. So they had to wait for me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. And they waited. And, uh, you know, when she turned six months, I don't remember, it was November. And the beginning of December, the schools are finished. So basically for one month and a half, they were telling me, you know what, stay until the new year, uh, January, and come back. So basically, I took maternity leave, so-called maternity leave, non-paid, for eight months. So once you once you returned, did you feel like you were changed or evolved as a music therapist? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, you know, I I love kids, but not being mom, not feeling this. Uh, it's it's not really, you know, like you, you read the books, you know, in theory, but you don't know anything, actually. And then when you have it practiced, you know, um, even though at that time she was young, uh, no temper tantrums or something like that, but you feel for these children more. And then when you speak with parents, and so many people before me were telling uh, on your podcast that, it changes you. Yes, and yes. Even the parents are changed. You know, they, they, they look at you and they, you know, they, they cannot tell you anymore. Oh, what are you talking about? You don't know what you are talking about. Oh my about. gosh. Yes, yes I so <laughs> can relate with that. That's exact. I think I even had the same conversation with another guest on the podcast that, yeah, they, I think, yeah. you're almost more legitimate to them because you are experiencing these things as a parent yourself. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yes. I think that's probably what I hear the most um, from guest to guest on the podcast. And also, uh, again, some some guest was uh, was telling the same. Uh, you feel more for the parents, and you are becoming more flexible. Like you don't, uh, you know, you don't get upset if they're late or. Right. You know, it's only recently I introduced. Only from September, actually, I introduced my. Um, policy of uh, no show and I know that many music therapists are doing like you have to call 24 hours in advance otherwise they charge you a certain percentage of uh, uh, you know session I am very flexible and uh, as I said until September I didn't have that policy but then after being uh, I I was feeling like being a little bit abused Mm -hmm. (laughs) I sent to my private students to the parents I sent that letter and I said okay you have to call me in advance (laughs) if no show if I am the one calling you at the time of your session and you are telling me that you forgot you have to pay yeah that's I think that should be um, standard with every music therapist in private practice at this point but it's hard especially as a mom because you know from your own experience that those things come up and you have so much on your plate that things do slip through the cracks, but at the same time, you are a professional and you're giving up other parts of your life to work with those children. So it definitely makes sense. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges for you as far as balancing being a mom and working? Well, I have to tell you that right now I'm feeling like, uh, even though I'm a little bit busy with all my projects, which I will be talking about a little bit later, uh, 
compared to these two years that I spent studying at the CSU and being a mom and being a working mom and comparing with this situation now when I don't have to study, it's uh, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> now I understand that, oh, my life is easy. <laughs> I'm sure it is easier now compared to then. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, at that time, the challenge was uh, Elena went to school. Uh, in September 2012, and I started my master's uh, program. So it was helpful, though the schools here are not full uh, day long. They are from 8 until 12. Oh. At that age, oh. you know, uh, okay. 2 to 3 years old, they're going until 12, then until 12, 15. And only when they turned 4, right now she's, uh, it's a British system, and it, she's in reception, so it's four to five years old. So they go until 2.15. But we don't have here, like, you know, kindergarten that children are staying until 5, 6 p.m. So <clears throat> the challenge was to try to fit into this short four hours or three and a half, you know, with the driving time um, as much as possible. So I had three mornings a week uh, working in my school. And two mornings, uh, Sunday and Thursday, uh, they were, you know, for my studying. <laughs> so it's a morning, I put her to school, I come back and I start studying. And it was uh, nonstop. And also it was in the afternoons when I needed. It was in the evenings, you know, she goes to bed at 9 or around 9 p.m. And here I go <laughs> until oh 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so... The biggest challenge was to not go crazy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Because did you have any downtime really where you were able to just relax and recharge? Well, I had it during the holidays, winter and summer holiday. Well, not, there was no summer holiday though. <laughs> uh, only winter holiday. Yeah. So that was the only time because we had to take summer classes. And uh, in the summer, in July 2013, that was the trip that we had to do, the only one for advanced practice. And uh, we all went, three of us with my husband. And the same happened with the NMT training. I took it in uh, 2012 uh, before the conference, American Music Therapy Association conference. Uh, I didn't stay for the conference. It would have been too long. But these four days... Uh, intensive training my daughter was in a hotel my husband was babysitting her so she saw all the music therapists famous people yeah <laughs> yeah so but yeah downtime <clears throat> no I didn't really have any <laughs> I can imagine yeah so now that that life is a little bit calmed down now that you're finished with your studies what are some of the more fulfilling aspects of being a working mom um, I, I'm very active person. I cannot stay at home, even though I could have stayed home. You know, we have so many moms here who don't work, but I don't imagine spending all this year studying, spending all this money and time and time, not only my time, but time of my family and to not do anything with it. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's such a good feeling when 
my daughter is explaining to people what I do. She says, my mom is music therapist. She works with children. She's helping them to talk and to move and all these things. And she's not yet five years old. So it's, you know, it's so good. And she, I know that she feels proud of me. I feel proud of myself and she feels proud of me. Of course, it's good to stay home, to be there all the time. But I am here all the time for her. You know, she, uh, she cannot tell me that I'm neglecting her in any way because I have to work out my schedule for the uh, students in the afternoon after school, you know, all the uh, sessions that I have at my home. Uh, I have two afternoons that I simply cannot do anything because she has her activities and I have to take her there. So I'm always here for her and still she knows that I'm not only her mom, I'm somebody else. And, you know, when we have online meetings with the, uh, my team, our team of the online conference of music therapy or online meetings uh, with the World Federation of Music Therapy, she always knows that she has to tip too. She can sneak in and say a little hi if they, it's this, it is, uh, you know, video conversation and people know her by now. <laughs> So, but she is, I think she's proud of me. Yeah. Of and, it, me. and it sounds like she really respects the fact that you're a professional. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes, she does. That's fantastic. So in that little time that you have outside of your projects and your work and raising your daughter, what kind of things do you do to take care of yourself? Oh, I have to go back to do yoga seriously because that's what I've been doing before getting pregnant. And after that, it's just, you know, lapsed sure. for so many years. I started doing it uh, a little bit now just with the TV. I don't have time to join any classes because, you know, the classes here are either in the morning, which is either taken by my work or my other projects and uh, or in the evening which are it's absolutely no no for me because evenings are family time for me right so I have DVDs I put my yoga mat and I'm doing it whenever I feel like and whenever I I need it you know and I have and I have time of course um, I love reading though now for the last oof, I don't remember how many years. It's all music therapy related. I was going to say, how much of that is for pleasure and how much is it for <laughs> professional you development? You know what? It's, it's really a pleasure. I think, uh, you know, when I started studying for my bachelor's, I was 27. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think I cannot really uh, take that part of me. I'm a music therapist. I'm mom, I'm a, a wife, you know, I'm a daughter, I'm a, everything else, but I'm a music therapist. And I don't really want to take that part, you know, to uh, separate it from anything else. I so much enjoy what I'm doing and enjoy all this new knowledge that are coming now. And, you know, nowadays you don't need, well, you do need books, of course, but I mean, you have so many other uh, means of... Uh, connecting with uh, uh, other people, uh, professionals, and learning uh, online. So I, for me, it's a pleasure. It's not really, it is work-related. It is like continuing education or professional development, but it is a pleasure. Yes, and I love that you say that because 
I think that people in other professions that aren't nearly as tied into their to their souls really as music therapists and our work is don't quite understand that and I know even explaining to to my friends that are not music therapists or even my husband when I'm work 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 working and doing all these projects they're like you need to take a break you need to take some time for yourself and I try to explain you know this is this is what I enjoy doing in my downtime (laughs) I don't look at it as work so no no absolutely it's good to hear another music therapist say that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm interested to hear what kind of advice you have, not only for fellow music therapists who are moms or who are thinking about becoming moms, but maybe those that don't necessarily have um, support professionally of other music therapists around them. Uh, Yes. Uh, Go online and do your networking. Facebook is great and all other, uh, you know, social media. I'm not a Twitter person. I don't understand how you can how you can put anything in 140 what signs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not even words. <laughs> you know, I always have difficulties when they ask me to uh, to do 50 words biography. Yes, like, words? my name is already three words. Right there, you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm not a Twitter person. So my advice is. If you feel isolated, uh, go online and connect. Because, you know, I'm um, as a regional liaison for the World Federation, for this region, Eastern Mediterranean, I have to connect with many people. And I do, you know, I, I receive many inquiries from Egypt, from Iran, from Tunis, from, you know, uh, Pakistan. And it's it's great because... No, 10 years ago, we didn't have it. I think, right. what, what year was the Facebook? 2006, 2005? I think I don't it was, remember. yeah, 2005. Yeah, so we didn't have this means of communication, of networking, of, you know, you can be friends with people you never met in your life. And it was so great, actually. Um, we went to the World Congress in Austria last mm-hmm. year, in July, and it was amazing, you know, I'm walking there, and there is Barbara Wheeler, and I'm saying, I'm Oksana Kovalova. She's a wow, okay, let's take a picture. I know her only from Facebook, yeah, and I know yes. her, like, this is the professional with all the books that I have, you know. Absolutely. Or, or any other person, you know. Uh, it's, it's great, because you connect on uh, even on a personal level because it is so personal being on Facebook you know people are putting pictures of their dogs of their cats of their kids so you feel like you know them already and uh, you know you can ask for their advice and they are giving it to you because that's that's how we we, we communicate now yeah that's uh, very true yes and especially for people like me being isolated it is great of course, it's good to go to the conferences, but it's uh, in my case, it's very expensive and it's very far away. Sure. The closest would be in Europe, which is six, seven, eight hours flight from me. So you have to find your means. Uh, you have to find uh, other things, you know, how to connect with people. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. And I know even for me, you know, living three hours from a music therapist or even just an hour, that kind of isolation, 
Um, the internet has been amazing as far as connecting with other people and not just the, the personal aspect, which yes, that is definitely huge being able to, you know, get to know others professionally and on a personal level, but being able to have my eyes open to so many different kinds of practices and so many, um, different avenues of knowledge has been so wonderful. And I don't know what people did before the internet and social media. Exactly. My goodness. Whatever you need now, just Google it. Exactly. <laughs> my husband, some, some years ago, my husband used to say, I'm asking him a question. He say, Wikipedia. Now, no Wikipedia. Google it. Google it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Oksana, I know that you have lots of projects and things that you're working on. So tell us about some of those. Well, um, it's my second term serving on uh, on the World Federation of Music Therapy as the regional liaison. I started in 2011, and I have been reappointed uh, last July for the next three years until 2017. Uh, <clears throat> that's it. Doesn't take a lot of work, but sometimes it does. You know, when you have to. Uh, help people who are attending conferences and presenting on the World Federation. You have to input something onto the slides, uh, like I did on last Saturday for uh, Anita Gadbury and Jean Behrens. They are going to present at one of the regional uh, conferences. So they asked all regional liaisons to, for their input. And uh, we have meetings more often this term, uh, you have to prepare for this. You have to, uh, you know, update fact pages of your countries. Uh, in my case, it's more challenging because we are so, um, we don't have good communication here. And uh, I don't really know um, of, there are no music therapists in other countries in my region, but I know that there are music, uh, there are musicians or psychologists who are using music so for me the most important is to connect with these people and to you know they ask for my advice how they can pursue pursue the degree you know education of music therapy or how they can find any information about it so <clears throat> but it is fulfilling because you know you you see the development in your region and you are thinking, you know, a little bit egocentric. I'm doing little my part of uh, the history, you know, yeah. making of music therapy professional music therapy in this region. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. That's wonderful. Uh, I'm also uh, continuing with my co-chairing uh, responsibility of the for the online conference for music therapy, and uh, next year it will be our fifth conference little celebration <laughs> that is amazing to me because i remember the very first year and it doesn't seem like that long ago yeah it was 2011 wow, yeah that's fantastic congratulations on that thank you yeah. and that was another project why i jumped into it because um, i was pregnant in my last two months of pregnancy when i received that email from uh, uh, from canada from john <clears throat> lawrence who you know it was his brain mm -hmm. idea of doing this conference and I said okay I'm in and for the first year we only had four people on the committee 
And then we had more and more. And right now we are seven, I think. Yes, seven. Um, Canada, States, myself in Bahrain, and one person, uh, not Jack, in uh, Australia. So oh. <clears throat> it's great. And again, uh, don't take me as... Don't take it as advertisement, but, you know, <laughs> this is my piece of advice also for working moms. Go and register whenever the registration will be opened, probably in November, uh, for the next online conference, because this is your way of earning a lot of credits for little money without leaving your husband, your children, your you know, house, your work. It's just one 24 hours <laughs> conference and you you can learn a lot and you can network and uh, get some connections and get your credits yeah and you have some big names that present at these conferences yes. i know yes we we did have uh this year we had as a keynote uh, dr michael tout wow and uh, another keynote was from austria uh, Dr. Gerhard Tuchik, who was the World Congress organizer in in Austria last year, and uh, we also had Petra Kern in 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, who else did we have? Kat Kat Fulton mm -hmm. also. Anita Gadbury. So, and Anita was serving in the committee in 2012. So it's it's great. And uh, presenters also we had this year we had from eight or nine countries i think so it's it's growing and it's great and you know we have a variety of presentations it's not only one uh, uh narrow uh, you know subject or uh, you know it's only for let's say dementia or only for autism we have a lot of uh, uh, themes topics covered and it's it's great, I think. Yeah, and how many participants did you have this year? This year it was about uh, one hundred fifteen from twenty from twenty two countries. So lots and lots of different perspectives and viewpoints. Yes. That's absolutely very very valuable. Yeah, <clears throat> very cool. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, in parallel, I I work now. On, uh, I sent my second draft for the chapter of a book which is being edited by uh, Xueli Tan and uh, Annette whitehead mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. are Their idea was to get this book uh, about different cultures and how to work with different cultures. Uh, so they assigned me last year, well, they asked me, uh, to write a chapter on the Arab Middle Eastern culture. So it's coming. I, I hope that the book will be out this year. There was some uh, little delay, but uh, it's coming great. And uh, it will be a very, very good book and valuable tool for many music therapists uh, in the States and outside the States, basically. Wow. So you have your hand in a lot of different pots, but all very... Very exciting, it sounds like. Yes, yes, yes. Do yeah. you have any, I know you've mentioned lots of great resources for music therapists. Do you have any other favorite products or books for um, that cover music therapy or motherhood or both? Well, for motherhood, uh, 
what I used, I loved reading those, uh, I don't know if you have, I think you have this series of uh, what to expect when you you are expecting, yeah. mm-hmm. what to expect from the, uh, you know, when you have a baby, a toddler. It was really great. I loved the books, you know, every chapter I was reading, I was uh, highlighting and it was very, very helpful. And it's nice, uh, written in nice, uh, funny manner, you know, not very uh, scientific. Yes, right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So I love these books. I would recommend them. Okay. Uh, also, I got subscribed to the babycenter.ca. You have babycenter.uk, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you have this. Uh, I think it's dot com. Dot I know we com. have, yeah, baby center. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. probably, yes. So it was great because it's, uh, you know, you have uh, all the messages delivered every month or every week later, you know, about development, what's going on with your body, how you're mm-hmm. feeling, you know, when you're pregnant. So you are checking like, is that normal? Yes, it's normal. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm about eight months pregnant now. And yeah. I'm getting those messages every week. And it's so funny to read <laughs> because I'm having like, you know, these new symptoms every month. And you forget from from the last pregnancy to this one. So I'm kind of like, every time I read those, it's it's encouraging to know that I'm not the only yeah. one that's experiencing these. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's how the nature works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, again, I'm I'm a Google person. If I have any question, I Google it. You know, doctors, I don't know if they love me or they hate me because <laughs> I come prepared. And uh, the pediatrician of my daughter, he always says, oh, uh, uh, you know, first time I came, I started asking questions. I started using scientific language, which is normal language for us, music therapists. Right, you know? right. And he's like, who are you? Are you a nurse? Are you a doctor? I say, no, I'm a music therapist. Oh, okay. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, as a music therapist, my resources, um, I love all the books that are coming out now. I'm waiting for this uh, new book. I heard about it on the podcast of uh, Janice, Janice Mm. Lindstrom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about, uh, it's anatomy and physiology, human physiology for music therapists. And it's coming, I think, Amazon says it's in June this year. So I already pre-ordered it. I can't wait to read it because uh, I took anatomy class and I was dissecting those cats right (laughs) it was horrible and I took physiology class in uh, CSU in my first year that was another challenge you know Mm -hmm. yeah so it would be really great to have this book handy ready you know because it will be only information that we really need yes that's fantastic I'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes so that Mm. everybody else can run out and pre-order it too that's fantastic Yes, and uh, this uh, past year, uh, past two years actually, I have a pile of books that I still have to read. <laughs> a new book, a handbook of uh, for music therapists, uh, edited by Barbara Wheeler, also is waiting its turn on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Uh, well, as I said, I'm very. Uh, supportive of online learning and in my case all the uh, I'm not doing it for continuing education anymore because in one year I got uh, (laughs) enough for one full cycle I'm sure you have with all the projects that you're involved with 
but I love uh, and I really want you to put the link of it uh-huh. uh, uh, com music therapy neurologic education I think it states for that okay. it's, uh, it's run by Blythe Lagasse and her team Fantastic. they used to be Summit Music Therapy Services now they renamed it uh, they have great courses, and it's not only for neurologic music therapists, it's for any music therapist. They have course on TBI, course on many courses on autism, you know, language, um, then priming, like motor development and all these things. And uh, it's amazing. I took all of them, and I'm waiting for the new ones to come. I took also courses from... Uh, musictherapyed.com. I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a great resource also. And uh, I love those uh, videos of Ryan Jude, what he, pay, he puts on his uh, rhythm tree. Yes, he's got some great videos. Yes, yes, it helps a lot and uh, it gives some fresh ideas. And yeah, all those things. And I love the podcasts and in fact i have to tell you that uh i think i started listening to the podcasts yours first oh the music therapy roundtable yes yes and 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 this and then you know i discovered so many i don't know why i didn't listen to Janice's podcast before (laughs) i know and it's been around forever i know i know so i'm uh I think I've heard also somebody saying on your podcast, uh, some of the guests were saying that they it's, it's, it's a downtime for me, you know, when I'm alone in my car and I'm driving and I'm just listening to it. Yep, that's how I am too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, all those resources are unbelievably close to, I, to us. It's just at the tip of your fingers, basically. <laughs> that's true. It's a good time to, to be alive where we have so many different resources. Yeah. Well, Oksana, I feel like you've brought such a unique perspective to the podcast, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a pleasure, and uh, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, for a real-life meeting with you and with all other music therapists that I, I haven't met yet. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Oksana a message, you can contact her via her personal Facebook page. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at guitarsandgranolabars.com. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. I'll talk to you again next week.